Hey, this is for all of our property manager friends of the podcast. Are you looking to add more properties this year? If so, you got to check out Venturi. These guys are at the forefront of what they do. You should see them at conferences, pack presentations, their booths are slammed, and Brooke, their founder, is a huge fan and supporter of the pod. Venturi has built the first and only software and services platform designed specifically to help property managers recruit homeowners and add new inventory to their rental programs. John, these guys are awesome. They can help you pull lists of vacation rental homeowners in your area and then even market to them across multiple channels from landing pages to chatbots and so many more booking tools. Venturi is here to help you collect leads. Their state-of-the-art CRM with marketing automation can help you easily track those leads and efficiently communicate with them across your entire team. The system can even automatically follow up with your leads instantly. Knowing that your leads are getting contacted right away is an awesome feature. The best part is if you sign up now, you can get a free homeowner marketing list and a free owner landing page. On top of that is 60 day money back guarantee. Venturi makes it completely risk-free to try it out. They will even send you a $50 Amazon gift card just for taking a demo. To learn more, go to Venturi.com forward slash no BS. That's V-I-N-T-O-R-Y.com forward slash no BS. Or just mention that you heard about them on the No BS short-term rental podcast. Welcome to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry. I'm Mateo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can. Hey, Teo, this is a special one. How are you? Fantastic. <laughs> no, this is a special one. <laughs> Clearly. First of all, 50th episode. Jeez. Woo fucking who. That's amazing. 50. 50. 50th episode, No BS Short Term Rental Podcast. Next week will is a year anniversary from when we started. So we put out 50 episodes in a year, and I can't believe it. So congratulations to us. Oh, if up. we had one of those Will Slickers buttons with the fake applause, I would be hitting it right now. <laughs> um, but we don't. Shout out to Will and Hospitality FM. Also, shout out to yeah. Vintory wearing their hat yeah. today. So if you're seeing this on, uh, if you're watching this, um, we have some interesting uh, background, too, from, uh, from Mateo. So you're going to have to check that out. We'll talk about that. And if you're looking on camera yeah uh, I, I noticed also, how i noticed how you are uh covering up me oh hold on um it, it's well you know there we go there we go <laughs> but um we have an amazing guest which which yeah. we got to know a little bit in chicago because this is our first episode back out of a chicago vrma spring forum it was a fantastic show it was great to see people in person and uh you know i'm just freaking excited about today truly really am Dig in. Dig in, dig in. All right, so let's go ahead and introduce our guest today. It is Salar Tenzif. The, did, I, did I murder that? No, you got that perfectly right, man. That's awesome. I, usually, <laughs> usually, people, usually people say sailor or something, and I'm like, no, but it's close. But <laughs> He is the That's CEO. not close to say. Not close to say. Yeah. He's the COO of Guest Ranger. 
and guest ranger and i'll let him tell his story and i'll let and we'll, we'll let salar tell the whole story about guest ranger and and how he came to the space but hey man thanks so much for joining us today yeah welcome to the show absolutely man thank you guys so much for having me on it's your 50th episode um this is awesome and just before we dive into anything else you know uh, i think what you guys are doing is absolutely great you're providing free content to the industry um, and you're bringing a, a really nice vibe to the industry as well. So I think what you guys are doing is, is absolutely awesome. And so thank you so much. I appreciate that. Oh man. Thank you. Yeah. It means a lot. It. Thanks man. Yeah. Appreciate it. It's uh, I mean, we, we talk about this so much, but it, it started as just us. We, we know it's called no BS because we don't want BS to flow through here, but it, it started with us just BSing mm-hmm. <laughs> at, at a bar, bullshitting at a conference, bullshitting on a, the trade show floor just talking about you know the real going ons in the in the culture and and everything behind it not just uh hey you know this you know if you do this you're going to get xyz um which is important it's it's really great but we're trying to bring a different spin to it and uh we have some amazing things up for you know shoot next year um we'll put out another 50 episodes you know i'm pretty excited about about where this is going and Um, john's john's gonna get an effects machine so he can like make nah i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> that's not really my vibe you know? uh-huh. hey i mean it might be fun every now and then but get some like really terrible ones like woo, 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 woo. like like the slide whistle <laughs> ones like the old school back in like the 50s and 60s Nah, i just feel i feel like honestly i feel like we need a a button that you hit and it goes that's bullshit and then <laughs> So we can officially be no bullshit. Be like, eh, that's bullshit. Give us a better answer. We're gonna start interrogating our guests a little. Well, I actually get that. You know those like those buttons. Were, what was it? It was like a red button. I forgot. It was the uh, yeah no the um oh, what was it? It was like was from it, office, it was, it was like from Office Depot. It's, it's like that. Yeah, done. I think it said that's easy, right? It was like that, the easy, easy button. button. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> Let's. Uh, Hi, you know, tell us about your story. How did you go ahead, Slar? How did you get into the the industry? You know, I, I'm looking at your your you know your LinkedIn resume. You know, it's a you spent almost three years as a paid search specialist. Oh, you, know, you spent a little bit of time as financial advisor, and then you know, then you go in and you're working uh, SEO and you're doing client success for for Bizcore, great company. You know the guys well there. Um, spent a lot of time with them doing at different uh, streamlined summits. But yeah, tell us your journey. Like, how did how did you go from that all the way to to COO of Guest Ranger? Yeah, man. So it, it's funny. This is a this is a really interesting industry. Man. It's one of the reasons I love this industry is because you can have the most diverse and just random background. I think I was talking with you, John, and you said you were like you were in lumber sales for a little while, and then before you came in here, which is which is awesome. Um, but but so I guess starting from the very very beginning um before i even had my financial advisor job uh i just dabbled in digital marketing here just did some freelancing it wasn't necessarily a career i would say it was just some freelancing i just really enjoyed doing it and then this was i think early early college um and i'm like you know what i'm gonna get a big boy job so i applied to like a financial advisor i think i was like 19 at the time or something um i don't know how i got the job but i became an advisor because at the same building I was working at, there were interns there that were 19. Um, and I was, I was, I had my series seven, 66. It, it was insane. Um, and that, that job really taught me two things experience wise. <clears throat> One was that if you want to do something, just do it. Right. Cause on paper, it looks weird that 
how could this guy who is still in college be advise, advising, you know, at, at Merrill Edge? But I was like, you know what, let's just do it. They'll probably say I'm too young. That's fine. Or, or I, I got to get finish up my degree. That's fine. And the second thing it taught me was, was, and this is going to sound really cliche, but I'm sure you guys can relate, is do what you love. Um, because I hated what I was doing, being a financial advisor. It was, it was cool yeah. on paper, yeah. but it was, uh, and I, I, personally, I just did not like that job at all. And so I wanted, and I, so I decided, I made a decision and said, I want to do something where I actually enjoy, which was digital marketing. But in my head, I never thought I could make a career out of it. So, uh, it, which is crazy because once I started looking at the time, when I started looking at like paid search careers, I was like, oh, this is like a real thing. Like I thought they were just freelancers and they could actually have a, a salary and, and a real job on this. And so I applied to, so let me take a back step. Because I didn't have any ac actual work experience, it was harder to get a, a job in this uh, industry. And so I applied to 300 positions um, for yeah. digital marketer. Yeah, yeah, 300. And out of those 310 got back to me, one of them was a company in Chandler called Biscor. And um, out of those 10, and that's where I met uh, two of the greatest people I know in the industry, Josh Square and Ken Wilson. And uh, they basically opened the door for me, took me under, under their wing, showed me how the industry works, and what, what it's all about. And, um, and from there, I just progressed to uh, Gas Ranger. Um, but, but to answer your question in a, in a in a short answer, you know, I, I'm, I am where I am today because of the people that trusted me, because of the people that put their trust in me, and uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that. You know, it, it's it's really just the relationships you have and people giving you opportunities. So I can't I can't say you know even though I did work hard, it's just the fact that they noticed, and then I just progressed from there. Um, but but the story with Guest Ranger is so while I was at Biscor and while I was kind of understanding the industry, I kind of noticed a, a few patterns within the industry that, that were kind of off to me, uh, which is interesting because around the same time, the, the rest of the guest ranger team before we even met were noticing the same patterns. And, and there, there are three primarily patterns, uh, three, three patterns primarily. Um, and, and the third one, I got to drop this down because I, I talk everywhere, but the third one I want to really elaborate on, but it was really that our industry is, is not consolidated and our industry is nomadic. What that means is that um, it's very easy to move around, right? Very, it's almost exact opposite of, of the finance industry. It's consolidated and it's not nomadic in the sense that everything is strict. There's so much friction in the movement, anything you do. Um, but ours is very fluid. And what this showed me was when you have an industry that's very nomadic, that, that's not consolidated, this is ripe for fraud. This is right for um, unpredictable guests to do bad things. And there was really no process in place at the time to alleviate that problem. And so by the time I met with the people who are now the Guest Ranger team, we kind of got together and huddled up and, and made what is now the solution to that. Now, did you... With with you, you know, kind of you're working for BizCore at the time, which mm -hmm. is a, you know, which those that don't know, which you should know, is an inhabit company. Um, it was part of the Streamline family that broke off and then Streamline, you know, there's there's lots of Streamline had their own web stuff and then BizCore had their web stuff and they were together. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of look it up, inhabit family uh, and fantastic. But 
my question for you is, you know, when you were looking for these different, you know, there were at that time, there were other solutions per se for what you're looking at, but were you looking at you bringing something in house and doing it on your own, or it was that the main drive for it, or was it that you were looking to that the other solutions out there didn't fit the bill for what you were, you know, you know what was in your mind and, and the, the other people that are now part of guest ranger, what was in their mind? Yeah, exactly. So, so there, so it wasn't exactly what, what we wanted. So personally for me, the solution is a variety of things. So one of them is automation. I just want something to do. I just want to do something and a solution that just does it. I don't want to think about it. I don't have to do it. And so automation was a key factor that the, the current providers at the time really lacked in. Um, and so I wanted that to be a huge factor and an ease of use, right? So just being able to use something without having to go through 10 knowledge bases and then 10 days of integration and just turn it on, go like, all right, awesome, it works. But more importantly, John and Matthew, what I want to stress is the job of a property manager, right, is to be a property manager, which is acquire inventory and take care of their guests. They shouldn't have to worry about, you know, is this guy going to commit fraud or how am I going to verify this guy or blah, blah, blah. And so that's why those two things that I just mentioned were so important to me because that was one of the patterns that I noticed is that these property managers, uh, the reason they're on these PMSs is to be able to delegate their uh, monotonous and tedious tasks to software. So why is it the fact that one of the most important tasks, which is protecting their business, protecting the revenue, not not automated? Why is that not emphasized? Um, and so that's that's pretty much uh, what it came to be. I would, that's I, I mean super smart. Um, I think that you know you know outside of you know in, when we talk business of a property management company, you know they're using the software and you know but they're also going ahead and you know these are the homeowners. I would think that as a PMS that or a PMC that is using a company you know a product like yours would be a great you know selling point to homeowners that they're trying to with homeowner acquisition. Say hey listen we got this shit covered. You know, we're going to go ahead and, you know, you don't have to be a cop. You don't have to be a detective because in the fact that it's automated is, is pretty, is pretty special. Um, yeah, man, absolutely. And I, you're, you're a genius for bringing that up because that you're pretty much psychic. And that's one of the most, you know, important things is that not only are, is it protecting the revenue. So let me take a step back and explain like this, right? So any type of, of revenue protection uh, product, uh, you're on a, you're on a, defensive strategy as in you're anticipating something bad to happen and your strategy is defensive what we were able to do is make this offensive in a sense that not only are you protecting your business but like you said john you're able to go to homeowners and say and use it as a marketing tool an acquisition tool and say hey look we can we can protect your assets right because one of the most important things homeowners care about right right next to making money is making sure that their family vacation home is, is not going to be rented to some crazy person or some guy that's that committing fraud that's an active criminal. Um, and when he can go up there and say, hey, don't worry, everything's going to be taken care of. We, we have a screen process in, in place. We make sure that they're not committing any type of fraud. That, that really does alleviate that. And that definitely helps in raising conversion rates to uh, inquire new inventory. It's 100%. Tell us about, you know, the evolution of, of Guest Ranger. You know, you've been... I think the first time we saw you um, was a splash when I, I bumped into to Steve at uh, in, in 
and Katrina and everyone at in San Antonio and you're setting yeah, up the yeah. booth there and then you got the guest ranger booth and then you might have had another booth I can't I can't remember what it was you had a <laughs> maybe <yeah. laughs> um, like it seems like you guys are you know overall parent company is is expanding can you tell us about a like how how guest ranger falls into the fold of like parent companies and in where you know where you were then even back in whenever that was October of, you know, 2021, yeah, yeah, where you yeah. are in this short amount of time and where you're going. Absolutely, man. That's a, that's a great question. So I guess the very the genesis and the starting point of, of, of Gas Stranger was really, and, and I'm not just talking about the concept, but the actual software. Uh, so the testing grounds was, was being able to access uh, or, or rather test on the majority or at least half of the Casago inventory, right? Because Steve plays a vital role in this as well. And based on that, we were able to, and it was not at all what it was today. Very, very simple. There wasn't even like really a, a strict UI. And we were able to kind of get a feedback on what worked, what didn't, you know, what's effective in preventing fraud. And then we were able to test usability. And, and personally for me, I'm, I'm not sure about you guys, I'm assuming it's the same way for you because you're in the you know, software industry. Uh, well, vocational software, I guess you could say. but Data is so important to me. Being able to know exactly what works and what is what doesn't objectively and quantify it and know, okay, this works, this does not, it, it's, it's vital. And so we use that testing period to know exactly what worked and what didn't. From there, we were able to create a, a base uh, beta test and then grow from there. And everything that we have now is due to consistent user feedback. I emphasize user feedback so much, and I'm sure Hopper does, I'm sure uh, really any other major software company or at least a software company that's good does is, is we, we, we make sure that if our users want something, if they, if they think something is important, we take that into serious consideration because uh, like I said, data matters. Um, and so kind of uh, go back to what I was saying, we use that as a testing ground. Um, we started integrating with, with uh, different PMSs. And then at the time in San Antonio, we were pretty, we're pretty new. We had a few clients, um, few major clients that we were kind of using to grow. Um, and, then, and then from that time, which was uh, last year to now, we have, knock on wood, we, we've skyrocketed. So, um, you know, there, once you figure out, I guess you call it product market fit. Um, I don't like using tech words around, but that's, that's a good description. You know, you're able to unlock that, that, that the demand in the, in the product. And then that's where we are now. And we're, we're constantly open to feedback and we're constantly improving. Awesome. The, uh, Tay, were you about to say something? No, it's, I think it's interesting that they've grown so quickly and, you know, thinking personally as a, as a manager and the challenges that, that come up around this space, like, you know, I, I guess my question is like, what are the things that, you know, during this quick period of time that have surprised you uh, in terms of like guest expectations in this space? Because mm. I think tech has transformed risk protection, right? And what we think of risk protection and revenue protection and these merging world, I, I can just think of all the fraud issues that I, I'm concerned about. I can think of all the issues that we're concerned about. And so like, I guess that's my, my question to you is like, what are the major concerns that you are addressing? And, yeah. you know, what are some of the concerns that you're not addressing, uh, but you're hearing feedback about like, hey, it'd be great if we could be, you know, protected from this space. Yeah, that's a great question, man. So, so on the guest side, right, one thing that, and it's very rare, but it's usually with older guests, you know, like maybe in their 70s or 80s, as you know, they might not feel comfortable going through a process where 
and by the way, I think I should, I should emphasize the way our process works is we use artificial intelligence and facial recognition. To, and we scan the face using geometric, uh, unique ge geometric pattern uh, pattern uh, recognition. And then we uh, were able to match that to the ID or passport. And we're also able to verify if the passport or ID is legitimate or not based on few key factors. Um, so it's all done through AI. And then some, you know, like I said, some older guests that are kind of averse to technology uh, usually uh, are kind of like, oh, you know, I might not feel comfortable doing this. And this was a this was an early, I guess you could say, issue that was brought up. And so we were able to combat that in two ways. The first way, and this is something again that at the time in our industry, the people that were doing this were not, is that we wanted to make sure the guest was comfortable. So we actually created a plugin that our users can add on their website that just takes them to the website. So they don't have to go through any mm. any any website that says guest ranger. You know, if you're booking at you know John Mantis Vacation Rentals, they'll go through John Mantis Vacation Rentals. So as a first step is branding and, and uh, familiarity with, with the brand you're already booking with, right? And the second step was a frictionless verification process. And this is why I love the question that you asked, Matteo, mm -hmm. because when it comes to fraud prevention, and um, there's different types of, of uh, friction you can apply, right? So by, by friction, I mean the steps it takes from getting to point A to point C, yeah. right? And so the facial recognition is the most effective strategy but it's also not necessarily the most friction based, but the most uh, the highest friction rate, I guess you could say, because you're asking someone to take a picture of writing face. Mm -hmm. We are able to apply different methods of verification that do not ask for that. So, for example, we're able to match the person's address with their name, or we're able to identify how old the email was, and we're able to identify if the IP was blacklisted, along with a few other different things. Uh, that create a cohesive, holistic picture of, you know, should you look into the sky or should you not? Um, another key issue is, is a, a reservation creation date from check-in, right? So if, if, the, you know, if, if, the if the reservation was made a day before check-in and it's a local guest, mm -hmm. exactly. Doesn't yeah. necessarily mean it's risky, but if you take right. in a batch of other, other attributes, Some you that does raise a red flag. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it's a lot of things. I mean, it, it's, you know, when I came into space, I worked for, you know, payment processing and, you know, that was, and this is five years ago when things have changed, you know, tremendously, mm -hmm. six years ago, this changed tremendously since then where, you know, Hey, you know, it was a no, no back then. And now, and now it's become more of a norm to let these last minute bookings. Um, but, you know, I know, I remember when, when I was working and in, in that space, you know, something would you know come in through like one, and I won't, you know, one of the major uh, OTAs, um, that isn't Hopper, because um, Hopper wasn't around then in vacation rental space, you know, they, they were basically would allow anything to fly, um, as far mm -hmm. as credit card, you know, and there's tons of fraud. And then some of the other ones were more stringent, and would actually go ahead and there was different, you know, you talked about, you know, address, and there's different things that you'd have to go ahead. And, you know, was it was it just the city? Or was it the actual, you know, city and state with the zip? Or was it like when they asked for full address, that was horrible because anytime you type street ST or you try, you actually type street out, it'd be different and it wouldn't work. Yeah, so there's yeah. different ways you had to go ahead and set it up. And, and I'm sure you, you know what I'm talking about and yeah, it's yeah. a pain in the ass <laughs> dealing with that. And then in, in coaching property managers and how they should go ahead and accept uh, credit cards, um, you know, you could set them up different ways. So, Great answers, great questions. Um, 
we mentioned there's others in the space that are doing, you know, that are on a, a similar trajectory as in offering, you know, uh, services like this for, mm-hmm. uh, for, you know, property managers and for homeowners. How, you know, where, how are you better and, and where could you get better compared to these other companies? You know, cause some, some of them you know, are well-known and, and they are, there, there's some uh, loyalty there. And, you know, and they're doing great things as well. And, you know, I'm sure we'll have them on the podcast uh, in the future. So, you know, where are, uh, where, where do you think you're, you're excelling and where, where could you grow? Yeah, man, I got to write to the next. I want to really touch on an important point. But so to answer that question. So, yeah, man, there, there are a lot of people or, or rather a few different, uh, I guess you call it competitors in the industry. I, I don't really look at them as competitors. They're, they're in the same umbrella as us, which is preventing loss of revenue which is great, right? And so uh, there, there are certain similarities, but the main difference that I would say, and like I said before, is two things. One is, is, is being able to automate this process fully so that there is, again, I don't like uh, bad-mouthing competitors, but there is one company that comes to mind and what they're doing is great, right? But their onboarding process and their process as a whole is, is very, uh, there's a lot of friction but to the, laborious. To the client. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Laborious, tedious. Um, and they have to do see so much different things to just be able to verify one person. Where, like I said before, my whole idea was, hey, the property manager should just be able to turn this on, step back, and if something bad happens, be notified, right? If, if this guy might be shady, just be notified. Um, they don't have to, you don't have to go through this every single day on top of what you're already doing, which is making sure your owners are happy, your guests are happy, just, just, Focus on what you do. Let us do what we do. And, and then the second thing um, is comfortability. So, Mante, going back to what you said is what problems do you uh, or what issues might guests have uh, is being able to make sure the guest is comfortable with going through the process. And a lot of their verification methods are heavily friction-based. Uh, and on top of that, they uh, have a very strict portal uh, in terms of usability of the guest, which causes even more friction on top of that. So to kind of answer your question there, John, two, two main differentiators, which is comfortability and automation. Okay. What, sorry. Yeah. No, yeah. I was, again, I mean, you think about the roadblocks and, and timing, right? And uh, don't know who you're talking about, but I think that just applies to tech mm-hmm. in our space in general, mm-hmm. right, as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more, you know, I think you laborious it is up front, the more you're mm-hmm. going to lose people, the more you're mm-hmm. on both sides of that coin, right? Because yeah. as a property yeah. manager, I don't want to take on a whole heap of other things, especially if there's, you know, again, we talk about technology being the great equalizer. If there's something that takes two steps that I can do over here versus something that takes 25 and the result is the same, the protection's the same. And it's, yeah, I think that has to become more of the, you know, the mindset, right. Of, you know, when John and I, John hears me say this all the time as a property manager theory versus application is very, very different. Right. And from coming from the vendor side and the tech side of the business, you know, those are just words until you live it. And when you really understand the essence of both sides, right. What the property Mm -hmm. managers have to deal with, you know, within their tech stacks and, you know, what, things that turn the guests away, you know, how do you continue to get the important information that allows you to execute, execute without, you know, being overly intrusive. And there's a bit of a generational shift. UX and UI. 
Well, there's also a bit, well, there's, he mentioned it earlier. It's a bit of a generational shift in like John, you and I know, like we're, we're not, it's just like, oh yeah, here, here, take our information. Not a problem here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want me to fill this out 18 mm-hmm. times in the last four of my social? Like we don't, we're like, why do you want this shit? Like, yeah. and, and personally, and this is me personally, like, and, and again, they want your biometric data. They're going to get it at the airport. Cameras they already, everywhere. They already I mean, have all our shit anyway. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Just like, I think <laughs> you get people like me that are like, fuck that. I'm not going to make it that easy yeah. for them to get it. If you want to yeah. my face, you got to look under my hat. No, but seriously, like there's, you know, that's a generational thing that I think people are, you know, the, at the end of the day, they're looking for the ease. They're looking for the efficiency. Yeah, absolutely. And, so, and one thing that you said, I'm just going to emphasize really quick, is uh, you said getting important information. So not just not just the, the result of facial recognition, yeah. but the source of the data. So a lot of these other companies, yeah. their data source is is subpar because they're using public data. They're using, um, you know, if, if there is like some, there was a database, I think it was like, where you can just Google people and then it just shows your data. Yeah. It's, it's scraped data that is not accurate, really, or, or at least 10 years old and not updated. We made sure that our database is up, everything is accurate. So for example, we're using TransUnion and on top of that MasterCard database um, to make sure that everything is good to go. And one other thing too is, so background check is a huge factor, right? being in compliance with different regulations, which is something I really want to stress and, and talk about in a few yeah. moments here. But you have to do it right, because if you do it wrong, if you back, if you do a background check wrong outside the circle of, of legality, you're going to be, it's a lie of liability, it's right? And here's why it's <laughs> interesting, because when we were making this, yeah. I had no idea people were doing this. So if your name is John Smith, right, and you live in 123 Apple Street, and you booked a stay with, let's say, uh, Solaris Vacation Rentals, and I did a background check on you, and, I, and something popped up that said, oh, this guy is a red flag because of X, Y, Z. But there was another John Smith that lived on 13 Apple Street, has the same name and address, and it popped up, right? That guy can sue me because he's basically, uh, it's, it's a false positive. Yeah, and right. and what, what's crazy is there are people that do this as a career. They'll partner with, with law firms, they'll go, because they know their, their name is on a database, that is not actually what they what they did um and they'll go and they'll try to get background checks right and then they'll get filled on purpose and then they'll bring up a lawsuit so it's, it's very important how you go about this that's crazy <laughs> that's insane yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy that's, that's insane hey i want to make sure that we get in and chat about uh do, do a little recap of vrma but um before we go ahead and do that is there anything uh that that you weren't that you wanted to bring attention to guest ranger um, that we haven't yeah. had in, in touched on. That's about it, man. Uh, you know, one, one, one last thing is I, I personally think, and this isn't even really just about gas range, it's really about the usability of software. When I, when I was a kid, I'd watch the Terminator and all these futuristic movies where people can scan their face and then like a door would open or whatever. And now we have the technology in our hands. And it's like, that's insane. Like we're using facial recognition. It, it, the words, it's so common now it's diluted, right? Yeah. The value is diluted. But if you think about how crazy that is, that we're using artificial intelligence and facial recognition to be able to identify uh, if this guy, if, if a person is going to commit fraud or not, which is, that, that's insane to me. But one thing I didn't want to touch after we talk about Verma is, is a regulations and compliance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that, that's outside the umbrella of Gas Stranger too that I, that I, I would love to bring attention to. I think yeah, well, you know we're in the fight right here in Atlanta. So we're in, we're in the midst. Well, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean, what, what do you want to talk about with our, you know, Yeah, right? so... When we started talking about gas stranger, I said there's one the third pattern that I noticed 
that kind of I'm saving for now because it's a huge passion of, of mine and I think it's a huge issue. Is, so personally, one of the main reasons of, personally for me, uh, one of the main reasons of making back guest ranger is to fight against regulations, right? Um, and, and this is why. And there are currently a lot of people facing them. I just want to give a shout out to, if you're in Big Bear, Big Bear, Big Bear is having some type of uh, ballots coming up. Oregon's having some type of ballots coming up. Vermont's having some type of ballots coming up. Uh, the Vacational Short-Term Rental Alliance, I think it's mm-hmm. June second or third if you guys have time please go visit if they hit a threshold 150 um uh attendees the governor might come out they're dealing with regulations it's a huge issue man because if we're not preemptive about it if we don't have a process in place to combat it there is no guest ranger there is no hopper there are no competitors of ours right Right. the industry is gone right so we need to make sure as a collective we're coming together and, and and building out strategies and helping each other whether we are competitors or not, um, to, to, to fight against these regulations. Uh, and, and, it's, and please correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I, it seems like there are two forces of these regulations. There are hotel lobbyists and noisy neighbors. And we as an industry, one of the things we can do is make sure we're, we're, we have a process in place where we're not just booking crazy people because that leaves a bad reputation on in our industry that they're already using to tarnish our image. So if you're booking a guest that is going to destroy your house or it might be an active criminal committing fraud, whatever the case is, and that gets, you know, uh, someone gets called in, a cop gets called in, and that gets on local news or, or even that gets brought up at city council, that's going to, that's adding more wood to the fire, right? And so 100%, to me, 100%. yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, you got to add Scott the third on. leg to that yeah. too. There's a third influence and that's ignorant politicians and i mean ignorant is like in they're dumb they're just ignorant to the fact of what short-term rentals are they don't know the difference between a host on airbnb and a professional manager Uh, these are the things that we're dealing with in atlanta right now like that are valid as we're fighting through this ordinance and you know being a part of it from the beginning to the end or to where we are today there's so many different influences even within our own industry that are pushing their own interest versus the interest of the greater good of STR, which again, I don't understand it, but that's what's happening. I won't name names, but that's something that, you know, that's why VRMA is important. That's why Rent Responsibly is important. That's why all these other, that's why we as an industry together are important, but you're right. We don't have that unified voice. We don't have that, you know, we're, we're building. We're getting there. You know, I I, I can look in the positives of this, you know, we had Scott on, like with uh, inhabit and and we had him on uh, you know a few weeks ago, a couple months ago I guess now and you know the, the biggest thing and, and that he said that that really resonated with me and I, I think it's super important on top of you know you know how can you go ahead and put all these you know protections in in place as a you know property manager or in or as a homeowner or however you want to do it is, is get involved with your community early. If you're a property management company, if you're, you know, start to know your local politicians, go to town hall meetings, understand what's going on, be a, a advocate for the industry, but also be a friend of the community. Because then when they start looking at you and asking as a resource, if they want, if they have questions and they're looking to you as a resource, explain this to me, you know, let yourself know, don't be such an, you know, we're talking advocacy here, right? But, but don't be an adversary to what's right. going like you, to right. the, to the system, 
Now, this we all know that the system is bullshit, right? And and we we'll, we know it, and this isn't a no bullshit podcast, right? It's bullshit system. But how do you go ahead and make that better? Is get involved early. Like you, your community might not have issues right now, but it will. <laughs> Something yeah. fucked up will happen, and so somebody you know, changes. Somebody, yeah, some, you know, or or and we all know how bad news travels through the through the media <laughs> and with social, it's instantaneous, and yeah. it never used to be like that. Um, yeah, and, and obviously, the scale and breadth of what we're doing as an industry is so much bigger and it's so much more expansive than it ever was in the past, and it's super important. Um, great, great point to bring up. You know, and you, you, yeah, you hit the nail right in the head, John. You, if it's not an issue now, it's probably going to be. And so establish yourself as, as a friend of the industry and have a good reputation in terms of making our industry look good. Um, but really join some type of alliance. You know, if there isn't one, make one. So you have the support of a local constituents, you have the support of local businesses, because you're, because our industry is bringing tourism to, to half of these places, right? Yeah. Uh, Big Bear, for example, you know, without short term rentals, there really isn't that much business there, right? Yeah, they, and so, they don't realize how they're shooting, shooting themselves, shooting themselves the foot. in the foot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, so and to be honest, man. how to separate the issues, right? Like, mm -hmm. if, if housing is an issue in Big Bear, it's a vacation rental destination. Well, instead of, yeah. you know, how can we cut out what we think is wrong? How, you know, we have to get to more collaborative solutions. Like, how can yeah. we work together, right? How can we make this work? Um, and Absolutely, you know, man. unfortunately, I think that has to come from us. You know, we have to be the creatives on this side because we're coming with the negative tent on us. Right. Um, and which brings up a question actually. So are you going to, do you work with hosts or do you work with professionals only? So we're, it's, it's primarily professionals only, mm -hmm. um, because hosts, for example, if you have one or three units, you're not really dealing with the, the amount of volume. At, maybe you might be, but at, at the time where you need automation, if that makes sense, right? So we, we primarily deal with, with property manager and management companies. Mm -hmm. um, we, are, we are looking to, to see how, a, how our solution can be fit for maybe a one to three bedroom unit, but, but to answer your questions, primarily uh, property yeah. managers. Um, and, and just, oh yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, because it goes into what we're talking about, right? You know, mm -hmm. the, who are the... And I hate to say bad actors, but who are the bad actors in our space? You know, you saw what happened this weekend in Philadelphia, I'm not in Philadelphia, in Pittsburgh with, you know, and first thing is, you know, I'm watching ABC News, you know, last night on the weekend report and it's shooting at an Airbnb. Airbnb is doing this. Airbnb is, you know, again, so it's like we're having this conversation. I, I, I'd be interested to know. I'm pretty sure that wasn't a, 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 man, a professionally managed house. Right. Mm -hmm. It was a house party with 200 people, you know, professionals have the tools in place to make sure that this doesn't happen. Right. So we should be the guidelines and those who are in this industry and are running these businesses should have those tools to operate. Right. So I think it's something that we definitely need to be thinking of and be more inclusive of because it really is, you know, whether we like it or not, it makes us a part of the narrative. It makes us a part of, you know, this conversation that we're not even, you know, having a voice in because, they're going directly to Airbnb. It was on Airbnb. It was Airbnb. And now that now we're sitting up here continually talking about party houses. So, Absolutely, yeah. 100%. And, and, and going back with what you said with Scott, 
what he said, what, what, what they're doing with the right, with the rights rent program is awesome. If you guys don't know, you're able to, it's, I think it depends on what PMS you're working with, but you're able to like donate maybe a dollar or three per booking and give it to the fund that's established to fight against regulations. Um, one, one, one question I have for you, Matteo, because I want to bring the spotlight on you and what's going on in Atlanta. What can we do as an industry, vendors or property managers, whoever listening to this, to help out with the, the ordinances in, in Atlanta right now? What can we do? Just support the local alliance. Um, we've been working with Scott, the RMA, we're responsibly have all given resources. Uh, shout out to Vacasa. Vacasa actually um, was supporting us um, in, in terms of helping our legal fund and the RMA has been giving us resources as well. So, you know, I think that's, we just need a united front um, from the industry. And, you know, again, of course, while we're working this out, um, you know, we need financial support. We need any other resources. We need, you know, uh, experiences, all of these things, because this is a relatively new alliance. Like you were standing there at Darm, John, when Scott was like, I need you to work, help, help this thing out in Atlanta. Um, and so, you know, yeah, this was last August and, you know, understanding that Atlanta went from no ordinances at all to facing a ban to a really bad ordinance um, that that was really having it's really going to have a negative effect on. Is our, that is that on ballot currently or is, that, is it already? So, yeah, yeah, it's been on ballot. It's been delayed. So we just had a city council meeting yesterday. Um, they voted to they voted to delay enforcement. I think they're going to be putting together a committee, which Amstra, which is the Atlanta Metro Short Term Rental Alliance is looking to be a participant in that, you know, it's making, you know, again, you have to make sure that we, we can't let others tell our story anymore, right? We can't, you know, within our industry, outside of our industry, we have to come in with a strong narrative and say, and let people know we're the professionals, we're the neighbors, we care, right. um, you know, and what do they say, TLC, tax paying, I got what the L was and, you know, compliant, right? Like those are all of the things that we are local. It's tax manager, local and compliant. Those are the things that we are. And, you know, we should be the model, not the ones that are being shunned and banned. Uh, we're creating jobs, right? You know, we do it the right way. We care about our neighbors. We listen to input. You know, we are the professionals in the space uh, whose voices just aren't being told. So uh, anything, so I would say long answer uh, to a short question is get involved with the local. Uh, are, there, are there any local alliances in Atlanta that, that we can reach out no, to? No, I'm sure. Well, I'll send donate. you that. The one I was just okay. telling you about is I'll send you the information. For okay. Extra. Okay. Awesome. Perfect. Awesome, man. So uh, to totally sidetrack off of that, you said TLC and my mind went to uh, TLC, the group, and then it went to. <laughs> it, it is Atlanta. That's a fair. But then it went to PYT, right? Pretty right. young thing. And I, I started thinking Michael. Michael Jackson. Yeah. And, I, and then I'm just sitting here. I'm like, man, I should be focusing on like the really important shit we're talking about. But I'm thinking, listening to Michael Jackson singing and dancing in his head. That's <laughs> pretty incredible. I was getting down um, in my head. Speaking of getting down, let's let's uh, let's do a little brief recap of uh, VRMA. Um, it was awesome. It was awesome to to meet you in person. I think I've met we've met before. Yeah, um, yeah. This core team, um, but it's been a little while. So I mean, I thought it was great. I, I think that you know, like like always, there there are, there are things that can be can be improved upon. Um, and, yeah. and we, and we'll talk about that, like, so, you know, um, some DEI stuff that Mateo and I did with, with our great friends, um, that could be approved upon with, and we could talk about that in the future, but let's talk about the amazing things that were, that were, uh, that happened and, and, and like, I, 
I just felt that the vibe was, you know, it continued from San Antonio, which was an amazing vibe. I was worried when Chicago um, early, you know, a few months back where like Chicago went w- way back to like mass mandates again. I'm like, oh shit, yeah. this is going to be like, is, are we going to button this down again? Did, did we choose again the wrong city? But no, it, it was, no. it opened up. It was amazing. And yeah. the last minute attendees compared to where like, I think it was over 800 attendees for a spring forum. It was bigger That's than, huge. than, uh, than Charlotte. The last time yeah. we had spring for him yeah. by far, but like over 200 people. Hats off to Chicago. It's a, it's a, a, a city of, a, um, it's a beautiful city. It was a great pick. I thought the hotel was a, I thought it was a good fit. You know, it was, you know, we're in hospitality and, you know, it, it beckoned an age of, you know, when hospitality was front and center in our lives, right. You know, everything happened at these places. So, and look how far we've come different world. Yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts, Slar? I mean, I mean, for Chicago as as a venue in in this, just the uh, together, maybe not necessarily Chicago, but just, you know, what do you feel the vibe was at the show? Yeah, man, absolutely. So so two things with that. One, the hotel was awesome, but I think it was Solomon Mateo before this. Every time I went in the hotel, I thought I was going to die. The elevator, I thought I was going to die because it was shaky. I'm like, is this my last, is this like my last time in the elevator? Um, But, but but they also they filmed like a bunch of movies there which is oh, yeah. which is awesome um but so the hotel the hotel was awesome uh but the second thing was the vibe was great but more importantly i think vrma raised four hundred thousand yeah. dollars yeah for yeah. uh the regulatory fund which is which is beautiful yes um so so the turnout was solid uh the weather they can't have no control over but you know chicago chicago i used to live in chicago like a while ago and out the outskirts called Skokie um, and I'm used to the weather, but just going back every now and then come from Arizona, it's always like, Oh my God, I have people live here. Um, we but, we but actually, I, Teo and I, and a bunch of people, we went, we sat in the bleachers at the Cubbies yeah. game that first day. Oh, really? and it was so much like a sunburn. It was nice. It was, it was hot. And I had to take my coat and layers. The sun opened up. We're like, Oh, yeah. it was dope. But in no snow. I mean, we missed, we literally missed snow by a day, like we were talking about. So it snowed the day before we got there, and then it was like warm ever since. It's funny because so. every time I visit Chicago, my flight's always delayed, no matter when. And then the day I was leaving, I, I don't know if you guys got this too. There's a text message that said, "Hey, you might want to cancel your flight." And then I'm like, "Oh my god, are you serious?" So I had to like, re- I had to like change it around, and but it, it was awesome though. Oh, yeah. No, we flew through that storm. Uh, shout out to Delta. Because, uh, like, we were on the ground and the wind was blowing, like, the plane was rocking and we hadn't even left the ground yet. I was like, oh, they're going to... Everyone's flights were getting pushed back or canceled. And I was like, oh, Atlanta's on time. On yeah. time departure. And we I should have had a 45-minute flight home to, to Portland. should have walked. I should have. Yeah. John, I, I met your some of your team. Um, gosh, I... I'm so sorry for messing up. I think his name is Danny. Dan. Yeah. He's a Shout tall guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a cool Danny guy. And, and he yep. told, yeah. He told me um, some more information about Hopper. And I think what you guys are doing is awesome. Yeah, man. It's, it's a really cool, it's a really cool product. Yeah. Thanks. We're, uh, we're, we're pretty excited about where it's going. And, and it was a, it was a great for Hopper. It was an, it was an amazing show. It was a, uh, it was a, we're here show. Um, we were able to go ahead and throw a great party with our, our friends at, at links and price labs and stay fi so that that was fun i mean truly we had two, over 200 people in attendance i think there was 250 at one 
at one time. So it was a big party. Um, and so we had a lot of fun there and it was just, I mean, the night before, uh, whoever was at the same venue, actually, I guess, buddy guy came out and played. Uh, so that was awesome, <laughs> but it was, uh, it was fun. And, um, yeah. I learned a lot in, in just, I I'm excited to excited to hit the road and, and as of, as of when we're recording now, any flights, at least for temporarily that we're on now, there's no more mass mass are done as a, as a yesterday. Really? Um, really? on okay. flights awesome. your, your choice awesome. now um there you yeah, yeah. go your choice your choice um so about y'all, man. yeah i might i might still be wearing it yeah, probably not for a little probably while. not i'm so sick of <laughs> it <laughs> I, I mean shit, i'll, tell, I'm you, I'll, too. I'll tell you what though i the thing the good thing about masks on planes outside of just covid and everything else is just being able to not breathe in the recycled air of people within a condensed space you know what i mean just because you know they might not be showering and they might be just very disgusting people and then the air in, a, in, a, in an airplane is just very it's not really uh it's kind of recycled in a sense of it's just you know it's it's in a very condensed area so not being able to breathe that in it's pretty neat but <laughs> we use better air purifying technology on airplanes <laughs> which i'm sure I, I guess I mean, i'm sure that's coming it's well, i think i think from sure. my understanding like what they like the air quality on airplanes and like the process that they have is like way better than like going to sit in a restaurant and stuff like that. Right. Like, I really? guess like, yeah, I, from what it, from early I research on, I guess it's like as, as weird as it is like the stuff and filters and stuff they're pushing through. It's like the air around you is cleaner on an airplane unless you're getting like sitting right next to someone that's coughing in, your, coughing face. in your face. This yeah. absolutely you're like, you're in a, you're in a much better place there and you're not like touching everything. I think that's the big part is like, you know, every oh. like, so I don't know, whatever the case yeah. is. We just got to stop acting like someone telling you to wear a mask is restrictive to your. I, I mean, I get it. Like nobody likes to be told what to do, but it's not like we're binding you to somebody else. And I, I just, I don't. I, you, we, we have to talk about that. Yeah, Jeff. this. I don't, I don't understand down a, that. Down a path here. Yeah. yeah. So help me. Whatever understand. the case. Thanks so much for joining us today. Um, it, it was super great having you on. It was it was awesome learning about Guest Ranger. Excited to see where you guys are going couple of things I want to go ahead and put out there. If you are liking this podcast, please go ahead and go to iTunes, go to I, you know, Apple podcasts and leave a review. See if you're, if you're looking on, if you could see Mateo's hat right now, um, you know, we're going to go ahead and give one of those hats away to uh, a review that happens, you know, that we get in within the next month. So we're going to go ahead we're, we're doing a review push. And we're going to randomly pick, uh, shoot, we're going to randomly pick two people, two reviews. So if you're liking what you're hearing, you want one of these dope hats, they, we didn't skimp on them. These are new era. These are nice caps. We're, uh, we'll send them your way uh, for new reviews that are coming in. So please leave a review. And uh, hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us on this 50th episode. Yeah, shout out to, year. shout out to, yeah, uh, shout out to John. Oh, shout out to Will. Got the mic, brother. Shout out to Sure. Oh, I was going to say, you sound like really crisp. You sound Thank nice, you. man. Thank you. Right. They've been beating me up, man, because my microphone before sucks. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys, on your, on, your, on your 50th episode. Like I was saying, guys, before, I think what you guys are doing is absolutely awesome. You guys are two of the coolest people I know in the industry. Um, so it's really awesome being, being on your show. And just one last shout out. Uh, just one last thing I want to tell people. Please get involved in your local alliances regulations please please extremely important because if you're not dealing with something now 
it's most likely going to happen. So you've got to be preemptive about it. No doubt. Thank you.